I'll say that as a pastor, one of the most troubling or torturous even aspects of our faith lives as Jesus followers has to do with the tricky, complex notion of Christian forgiveness. And I'm going to offer a content warning here because I'm going to give some examples of times when forgiveness might be difficult. Okay. And I'll be really honest with you. Most of us get forgiveness wrong. Jesus makes that abundantly clear in today's challenging parable, doesn't he? And in my talks with you, and even personally, just for myself, I'll tell you about the traps that I see us falling into with forgiveness. And I'm going to give you five. That's a lot, right? But the first one is when we try to force ourselves to forgive. And I'm going to get into each of these. When we try to force ourselves to get forgive. The second is when we forgive before we're ready to forgive. The third is when we try to forgive on our own. The fourth is when we weaponize our forgiveness. And the fifth is when we refuse to forgive. And I've preached on pretty much each of these throughout the years, but because they're so important, and because even I, who think about this topic all the time, continue to mess up on these and have far from mastered it, this topic is worth coming back to. Not just once or seven times, but maybe we'll get there after 77. And if not, we'll keep going. Amen? So let's break each of these down. Number one, forced forgiveness. I didn't grow up that much in the church, so I didn't hear very much in my childhood about the whole business of coerced, non-consensual forgiveness. But as I got to know church more and more, I certainly learned what a huge business this is. And I use that term business very intentionally. There are people, folks, who profit off of forcing us to forgive. They profit because it allows them to keep perpetrating or because it literally makes them money. And I'm looking at some preachers out there. And I'll give you an example. I had a classmate, a practicing pastor who, you can picture him, like he's like, he walks in the room like this, okay? Anyway, so he was a practicing pastor who proudly told me about this time a woman came to him to share a story of her husband's brutal physical abuse. And rather than responding to her with compassion, guess what Preacher did? He shamed her. He queried her behavior to see what she had done to incite his anger. And then she, sufficiently ashamed, she then heard him command her to forgive her to forgive him, to forgive the husband. And once she relented, Preacher was really pleased with himself, thinking he'd solved the situation. And then she went home and apologized. Her husband came in to thank the preacher. And guess what the husband did next? He upped his tithe. That was winning to this preacher, right? So th this happens a lot. It's a practice in church. And was what happened in this case forgiveness? The short answer to that question is I don't know. I don't know what else transpired between that woman and with God. 
But if we take it strictly from the preacher's account, absolutely not. And why not? Because I saw no evidence that God was involved in that transaction. And that's the key. The most important thing that we can know about the kind of forgiveness that Jesus commands. It's not God's forgiveness unless God is involved. It's that simple. And I'm going to put it another way. Forgiveness is an act of grace. Grace comes from God, and it doesn't come from you. When you receive that grace, then you must share it when that time comes. That's how it works. Forced forgiveness isn't forgiveness, it's something else. Which leads me to the next trap, number two, that we can fall into with forgiveness. Forgiveness too soon. And this one is a bit more difficult to tease out, but I'm going to try because I think it's the trap I think I watch us all fall into most often. Forgiveness has to do with the wrong, right? Someone does a wrong, we perceive the wrong, it makes us angry, sad, any number of hurt feelings. And we want free of that anger and that hurt and that sadness. And maybe we're Christian too, and we know that forgiveness is a command from Jesus. Many, many of you, when I see you do this, you say, I forgave him, then, you know, choose your pronoun. And my response is, how? Already? And this leads me into the next one. Forgiveness without God. That's number three. Listen, if you and God haven't had a long, hard talk about whatever this wrong was, if you can flick off the infraction without waiting for God to reveal some things about it, things to you that you need to hear, like, like for example, and really importantly, ways that you can receive justice from this wrong, like ways that you can heal from this wrong, heal well, not push it down, like ways that you can protect yourself for the future, and that's what God wants you to hear, then God's gift of grace for you to forgive hasn't come just yet. Forgiveness isn't just you saying that you forgive. Forgiveness is you handing over what God gave to you, and then you give it to that person. And if God hasn't done it just yet, it's not time yet. And way too many people forgive way too soon. And a lot of times, what has happened instead is that people want to tuck that wrong away. They want to be done with it. Saying, ah, I forgave him, allows that wrong to hide, though. It hides in places. It hides in places that cause us wrong. And that means that the wrong isn't finished with you just yet. And if this has been you, don't worry, it's okay. Because let me tell you about our God. Even when we're not on it, God is. Trust and believe, and you will receive your grace in due time. Pray for it so that you can see it coming. Number four, weaponized forgiveness. Now, this one is a tough and tempting one. This is when someone claims to forgive, often in public, in order to shame you. Ever heard of the practice of being set down? 
in church. It's a period of penitence or supposed penitence, usually reserved for young ladies in certain faith communities who find themselves pregnant outside of a marriage. And the young lady is sat down, limited in church participation to atone for her wrong. Almost never is the other party involved in this sat down though. It's usually just involved for the woman, surprise. But at the end of the sat down season, the community can decide if she was sufficiently repentant and then she's forgiven. And this serves the dual purpose of so-called correcting the behavior, but it also demonstrates to other children that they don't want that same fate. The quote, forgiveness that this young woman receives is an example of weaponized forgiveness. And once you start to pay attention to this, you'll see just how much weaponized forgiveness is part of the American way. Note it in the carceral system, right? or in the school-to-prison pipeline. Note it anywhere that shame is present. Weaponized forgiveness is somewhere lingering nearby, which leads me to the last, number five of these, when we refuse to forgive. Let me say this. When God has, at long last maybe, given us the grace to forgive, it's because we, we are ready. It's because God has done so much work behind the scenes within us to prepare you to share this gift that God has given you. But once you get it, it's too much to hold. And when you hold the wrong too tightly, when you try to bury that grace because you just don't want to give up that wrong, you just cause more harm to yourself. It's just too much. You hear in the story, Jesus talks about the person being forgiven who couldn't forgive, who lived in torture. And that is an example of how that works. It is torture to receive the grace and not to share it. But if that sounds like you, if you've been holding on to something and you know you're ready to forgive, but you can't quite turn it over, guess what? That is so much a part of the human condition that Jesus says that it's going to happen again and again and again. And he wants to save you from that, folks. And you know what else will happen again and again and again? God will send you what you need to forgive. Got to wait around the corner until it's time for you to turn. God is your refuge and your strength and your very help in times of trial. And so if you're looking for a phrase to remind yourself to forgive, just think of that helpful one that we learn in church. Fix it, Jesus. Fix me, Jesus. Fix this situation, Jesus. Much of how we get ourselves into this spiritual trouble is that we try to do it all on our own, but Jesus is waiting to fix this again and again and again. And all we have to do is to lean on those everlasting arms and let God help us. And that's what your prayer life is for. That's what we're here for, too. We can all help. In Jesus' name. Amen.